Right, we'll find it. Okay, Al, where are we right now? So we're inside the headquarters of the pension fund for Chicago firefighters. This is back in 2013. And none of the city's pension funds for workers are in good shape. But the one for firefighters is by far the worst. These are the typed minutes from 1887 to to December 18th, 1931. And who is this guy? What's going on? This is Tony Martin. Uh, When I talked with him back a few years ago, he was in charge of the firefighters pension fund. And he's flipping through this giant yellowed book. It's like this huge ledger. And he's trying to prove to me that Chicago's pension funds have been in crisis mode at this point for almost a century. You could see even going back, this isn't this isn't anything new. So he flips open to this page from 1927, and even back then they were saying how the firefighters' pension fund is going to be broke in three years. So they're saying this is going to be totally dead by 1930. So it was actually supposed to go belly up in 1930, but we're still talking about how it's going to go belly up in three years? We're still talking about it. This is something we've heard just a few times since 1930. But the thing that he reads, the section he pulls out, just kind of floors me. A deficit appeared in 1924, and an increasing annual deficit has been the rule ever since. <laughs> it's amazing. We never really dealt with the structural issues of these pension funds. So what it showed me back in 2013 is that for decades, the city has been dangerously underfunding its pensions. And for decades, people just like Tony Martin have been making noise about it. And for decades... Nothing has changed, and now we're pretty screwed. Hi, everybody. This is On Background, the WBEZ politics podcast. I'm Becky Vivi. Today, pensions, how they got so bad and why the solutions are so hard. And also, why you need to give a shit about it right now. Joining me in studio are Al Keefe and Claudia Morell. Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. Okay, Al, first off, explain, for people who don't know, what is a pension? So a pension, as a lot of people will tell you, is a promise. At its most basic, it's a retirement fund. If you work for a government that promises pensions, you get a monthly pension payment when you retire. Here's how it works. Think of a piggy bank, right? A big piggy bank, a big pension piggy bank that a bunch of city workers pay into, in our case. Money gets into the piggy bank in three ways. The workers pay into the piggy bank. It goes right out of their paycheck. They have no say in it. It's automatic. The second way, money comes into the piggy banks from uh, returns on investments. It's like interest in your bank account, right? And the third thing, the third thing is kind of the problem because the third way that money is supposed to go in the piggy bank is it's supposed to come from the employer. In this case, the employer is City Hall. So you put money into the piggy bank while you're working, which then pays for other workers' retirements so that when you retire, you know, it's your turn and then you take your money out and the system kind of feeds itself. In theory, that's the main difference between your, say, 401k and a pension. With a 401k, it's like, well, you know, we've been saving money for decades and the market's been kind of good, we hope, and we have a little nice nest egg at the end of it, right? With a pension, you're supposed to be guaranteed a certain amount of money from the piggy bank each month, no questions asked. But Chicago's gotten into a little bit of trouble with that. Claudia, how bad is it? It's really bad. The city has four pension funds, uh, two for city workers and two for public safety, the cops and the firefighters, like you heard before. And in total, these four funds are about $28 billion, with a B, 
dollars short of what is needed to pay retirees. The city budgets for pensions the same time it budgets for everything else, only pensions aren't like everything else. They aren't optional. So when money is tight, other parts of the budget get impacted. Alderman Amia Poar put it to me in these terms. If they go belly up, you'd have to pay about a billion dollars a year, no matter what, just to pay for the existing uh, liability. So the alternative is catastrophic. Al, how did this possibly get so bad? So that's a complicated question. Follow me really quick here. Okay? Was it just bad politicians? you got to understand the ridiculous, unprecedented, absurd math that the city of Chicago has used to pay for its pensions. So there's a way you're supposed to pay for pensions, and then there's a way that Chicago did it for like more than three decades. Okay. You're supposed to determine what goes into this piggy bank by using these super complex mathematical equations. They take into effect all of these factors, the economy and investment returns and how many retirees you have. And it's always this moving target you're trying to hit. Chicago does not do any of that. Instead, Chicago basically uses this fixed equation that doesn't change, doesn't account for any changes in the economy or the number of people they have to pay or how much they have to pay out. It just stays the same for decades. And that's how they decide how much goes in the piggy bank. It didn't change for more than 30 years from 1982 until just a couple of years ago. So like, imagine the analogy I use is like I go to the grocery store and I get a gallon of milk and I go up to the checkout counter and it's like whatever, $2 and 80 some cents or something. And I'm like, you know, I'd really like to pay like a dollar and five cents for this milk because that's what the milk costs in 1982. (laughs) Like, the guy at the checkout counter would tell you to like, go to hell. I'm but sorry, that's, sir. You can't do that. <laughs> exactly. But that's exactly what Chicago did for decades and decades. And, you know, when I did the story a few years ago and I asked around to pension experts about who else funds pensions like this or, like, what else even in the world do we pay for like this, they couldn't think of anyone. They said nobody. Nobody else in the country has a system like this. Just Chicago. So did the people who ran the city, did they know that this calculation, that this amount that they were putting in wasn't working? And why didn't they fix it? Like, who who can we look back to blame? I mean, that's the big question. Did they know? I mean, I think you could very easily say if they didn't know, they should have known. I mean, yeah. think about the documents we heard at the top. People have been making noise about this for like almost a century now, right? Who's to blame? It kind of depends on who you ask. You can say politicians, yeah, maybe they kept taxes artificially low so they didn't have as much money to pay into the pension funds. Um, They didn't put as much into the piggy banks and they used this goofy math that they knew was wrong or or they made deals with the unions to get reelected and to increase their benefits. Maybe you got to blame union leaders. Union leaders got to get reelected too. I mean, they're complicit in also pushing for benefit increases for their members, which put pressure on pension funds. I'll say that back in 2013, I remember flying out to Boston to interview a guy named Dana Levinson. He was a top financial aide for the city for a while under Mayor Richard M. Daley. And I still remember what he told me when I asked him, who do we blame for all of this? If you're looking for who to blame, it's everybody. There's not one particular entity over another. Human nature is such that you're not necessarily going to solve a problem that you don't see as existing or that's looming large such that it is going to have an effect on you tomorrow. It's 
Just before the break, we were talking about the big news out of Springfield today, the fact that Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel did something Chicago mayors haven't done in a long, long time. He personally testified before a panel of state lawmakers in Springfield today and through his support. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel comes into office in 2011. And for the first time in decades, we have a mayor who's really talking a lot about this pension ticking time bomb. Al, tell us about Mayor Emanuel's initial moves on pensions when he first took office. Right. So almost from day one, Emmanuel paints himself as like this this pension crusader. He's the guy who's going to be honest with you for the first time in decades about pensions, and he's the guy who's going to do something about it. He even goes down to Springfield in 2012, shortly after he gets elected. Uh, one of our public radio colleagues said this is the only time they remember him making a trip down there to testify. And he goes to sound the alarm about Chicago's pension crisis. Today... The progress we've made on all these fronts is at risk because of one looming challenge, the increasing pressure from our pension obligations. So Rahm is not just being a straight shooter for the sake of honesty. He's not just being this aw shucks, honest Mr. Smith goes to Washington guy. He's kind of covering his butt. And there's a reason for that, because in 2010, just months before Richard M. Daley left office, He gets this bill passed in Springfield that basically tries to start solving Chicago's decades-old pension crisis, like, overnight. So Daly does that by changing that funky pension math we were talking about. But what it does is it leads to an immediate gigantic spike in the required amount that they have to put into the pension piggy bank every year. And Rom comes into office, and his aides are pissed because they got left with this time bomb, and they say there's no way we could possibly afford this huge increase in pension payments. Eventually, they end up diffusing this bomb and replacing it with something else. But publicly, Rahm is out and about blaming Daly for all this without ever really naming Daly. And unlike the past, fundamentally, we have now approached the, cha- uh, the challenge and met our obligations by being honest. Denial, in my view, is a river in Egypt. It was not responsible. Some knew it and others should have known it. So that's a little bit of the politics behind this. It is still worth noting that Emmanuel still says stuff like this. He still obliquely blames those who came before him. And he's not totally wrong. But so far, that's a lot of talk early in his first term. Claudia, what does Mayor Emanuel actually do? So Emanuel does two big things. First, he lobbies, and he lobbies pretty hard. He works with labor leaders to renegotiate some contracts. Uh, Remember, Emanuel was essentially stuck with this bill. So his first goal is to lower it. He works with Governor Pat Quinn in 2014 to do something kind of risky. They pass a new law that cuts benefits for workers and future retirees. And this is risky because the Illinois Constitution is pretty clear on this issue. You can't cut pension benefits that are promised, period. But he tries it anyways. Okay, so Manuel is trying to lower this gigantic bill. What is the other big thing he does? He raises taxes and fees because he's got to pump more money into these pension piggy banks. And he does this right after his re-election in 2015, that historic runoff. The first thing he does is convince aldermen to approve a massive property tax hike, one that would be phased in over four years. So with the idea being that maybe voters won't remember when they go back to the polls in 2019. (laughs) And then D-Day comes, March 2016. The Illinois Supreme Court throws a wrench into his plans. They rule that Emanuel's pension reform is unconstitutional. 
And this leads to even more tax and fee increases. In City Hall, there's an all-out manhunt for new money, new revenue. So aldermen boost the water and sewer bills and the 911 fee. You actually now pay a monthly $5 surcharge on your cell phone bill to partially pay for pensions. Hmm. And politicians are getting a lot of pressure from people who are sick of all these new taxes. The Supreme Court is saying that thing you did to lower your bill, can't do that. So Emanuel's pretty screwed at this point. And that brings us to this week's speech. Mayor Emanuel is not running for re-election. And on his way out, he has promised that he's going to put together this plan. By marshalling the same grit and determination it took to make that progress, we can continue to make progress on our pensions. This is the last summit to climb. Claudia, what does this plan include? Well, remember that manhunt for new revenue? Legalized weed, a city-run casino, maybe some borrowing, and a biggie? He essentially just changes the conversation and flips the script and says, you know what, it's time to amend the Constitution. The very same clause that the state Supreme Court looked to and said, no, Mayor Emanuel, you cannot do that. He wants that language changed now. And the real caveat with all this is that all of these plans, uh, aside from the borrowing, which is its own thing, um, would rely on Springfield and state legislators. And so is any of that realistic with the new governor, Al? J.B. Pritzker was pretty quick to throw cold water on this amend the Constitution plan. Asterisk, J.B. Pritzker doesn't actually have a say in the process because of the way that the state constitution is structured. However, this is a guy who's one of the top Democrats in the state now. If he's not going to throw his political muscle behind it, probably not going too far. On the other hand, even before Rahm's speech was done, we were seeing a big backlash from a lot of labor groups saying, "Uh uh-uh, there is no way we are going to get behind changing the state constitution to take away our own pension benefits. This is something that Democrats in power in Illinois have to listen to because they do rely on labor groups a lot come election time. After his speech this week, Mayor Emanuel preemptively responded to critics of his ideas. I understand there are some in the progressive circles who only believe in revenue. Just tax people as much as you can. I don't. I didn't in 2012. I don't today. I believe in a balanced approach where everybody gives a little and everybody gets a lot. And a number of the people running for Chicago mayor responded with mixed reviews. Nearly all of them agreed with opening a casino and taxing weed to generate revenue. But the other pieces of this plan, not so much. Nearly everyone except for Bill Daley dismissed a constitutional amendment to change retiree benefits. Here's Gary Chico. Let's just see what Democrats really step up to do that. Chico and Dorothy Brown seemed open to the mayor's creative but risky borrowing scheme. But Lori Lightfoot said much more information is needed. And Paul Vallis said, no way, Jose. I do not, do not in any way support the pension obligation bond. Tony Preckwinkle didn't really weigh in on the constitutional amendment or the borrowing scheme, but she touted her work on pensions as Cook County Board President. Mm. 
That's all for today. Reporting for this episode comes from Al Keefe, Claudia Morrell, and me, Becky Vivi. Our editor is Al Keefe. Our producer is Justin Bull. You can rate, review, subscribe, and download the On Background podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow all of WBEZ's political coverage at wbez.org slash politics and always on air at 91.5 FM. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.